So I have to tell you about last night, um, Saturday night, we did Daniel 11, last chapter 11, and um, it really, uh, it, fe- it, it felt like to me like a, like a, a, a junior high teacher uh, preaching a very boring history class. And so, because here, here's what's going on. This angel is prophesying, and I'm not saying the, they were in junior high, you know, the people that were here. I'm just saying, it, had, it just, it was, t- it's so technical. It's so, we're talking about 35 verses. And if we could just throw that map up, um, we could throw the map up. The, the, the four generals that took them 22 years to break up uh, uh, Alexander's empire, four of, four of Alexander's generals on his death. Angel prophesies all this. Um, and you can see that the, Cassander, Lysicomus, they're up there in the north, but you had, you had Seleucus and, and Ptolemy. And you can see he, Ptolemy's more or less in Egypt. Seleucus' capital is in Syria. You have Israel in between them. And so, so Daniel 11, 1 through 35, have you, you ever heard of the silent years uh, between the Old Testament and the New, the 400 years? That's what that is. The, the angel is prophesying years in advance everything that happens with those 15 kings. And why? Because they are fighting, in essence, over Judea, uh, the Gaza Strip, Jerusalem, they're going back and forth and back and forth. And in those 35 verses, the Seleucid Empire out of Syria and the Ptolemy Empire, who is the king of the south, and it's talking about the king of the north and the king of the south. It goes through 15 kings. It goes through every poisoning. It goes through every political move. Uh, it even brings uh, Scipio from the Romans in there. Uh, you know, I, I found out through study in this chapter, Cleopatra's in there. Cleopatra is in the Bible, okay? And it doesn't mention her by name, but if you match it up with history, you see the place she takes in history, and, uh, but, but it's just so technical, you guys. It's, and, and, and really, if you want to see that sermon, that will go online on, uh, on YouTube, probably Tuesday or Wednesday, it'll be the last days on fall, of fallen earth. Um, number 17, um, I'm, you know, I just am not going to put you guys through. It was just boring, okay? It was boring, and it was technical. And if you want to learn about Daniel 11, 1 through 35, it is very detailed, very technical. Um, but uh, I just, I went down to my office, and uh, I just started uh, trying to pull, pull, pull something together here. So this is last days on fallen earth, number 18, all right? And so I don't know if you guys are aware of this. And by the way, next week, um, Daniel 11, 36 through 45, and Daniel chapter 12, that's 25 verses total. It get, that angel gets back into the end times. He jumps into what's going on, you know, prophesying about today. So we will finish the book of Daniel uh, next week, unless I test it out on Saturday night and it doesn't work out again, <laughs> you'll just have to look it up on YouTube. But um, I don't know, you guys, if you're aware of this, but, 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 but uh, the world debt is, is $300 trillion. The world debt. 
We hear about, we hear about our, our national debt is $30 trillion, all right? It's 10% of that. And, so, and it seems as if uh, Congress, the only things they all agree on is how to extend that national debt. It really, it really does. Um, every time, if you're paying any attention, it's, it seems as if it's being extended every, every budget year. And the United Nations Executive Director, his name is David Beasley. Uh, he's the leader of the United Nations Food and Funding Organization. Basically says, uh, without a huge adjustment and, and really dollars that the world doesn't have to throw at it, uh, we're looking at coming famines of, of biblical proportions, biblical proportions. Um, just last summer, we had droughts in the southwestern United States that that particular region of the world has not seen in 1,200 years, according to science. Um, because of China's crop failures, they can't feed their own people. They're importing food from all over the world just to feed their own people. We've been looking at the food supply chain problems. You remember all the ships lined up? Uh, it seemed like for months and months and months. Um, I never really did understand that. But we've also reported about how mysteriously, uh, you know, we, we talked about on the podcast how mysteriously the large railroad lines are reducing the transport of fertilizer. There's already a shortage of fertilizer. Russia is the largest fertilizer supplier in the world. But even with the shortage of fertilizer, the railroads are refusing to, to ship it in bulk amounts along with the grain to feed the animals around our country. And uh, the, uh, the amount that they'll transport, we know that the railroads are being run by people that are high up in the World Economic Forum. Um, also, uh, I don't know if you're paying attention. It's, not mixed, uh, very, it's basically news that's not in the news. Um, there's been 16 of the biggest f- uh, food Food plants um, in the United States have burned down since 2020. Uh, nobody knows why. Nobody can find a reason why. Um, and, uh, and it's really not being reported on. You look at tremendous inflation, the experts are saying there's no end to it in sight for it. And um, are we heading for an economic collapse here before the rapture? Well, Jesus gives us a snapshot of what the economies of the world will look like in this portion of scripture we're about to look at in Luke 17, 22 through 24. He said unto the disciples, the days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. I think we're getting to the point where we're desiring to see this, right? I am. I am. And, and, and ye shall not see it. Verse 23, and they shall say unto you, see here or see there. Go not after them, nor follow them. Verse 24, for as the lightning that light, lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part of heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. Now, you'll find out in these later verses, he's talking about the rapture, right? It's very obvious. Verse 25 of Luke 17, but first must he suffer many things, and be rejected of his generation, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. That's a hint. He's given us a hint of what it's going to be like when he comes back. Verse 27, they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, 
until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted and builded. But, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. He's talking about the rapture. The same day that Lot left, the judgment came. Okay? Hint, hint. All right? Verse 30. And thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So, what did he just say? Even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. How will it be when the Son of Man is revealed? Well, when he comes down for Armageddon, <laughs> the world's falling apart. All the waters on the earth are poisoned. Um, you know, the tribulation is a disastrous, disastrous thing. They're not going to be much going on on earth except people dying. He's talking about the rapture here. How will it be when the Son of Man is revealed in the rapture? Because that's what it's talking about. How did he say it would be? People are going to be eating. They're going to be drinking. They're going to be marrying. They're going to be buying and selling, planting, and building. That's how it's going to be when we get raptured. Could it be an up and down economy? Yes. Uh, wh wh what about 2008 when the economy went close to belly up? 2001 was a really bad time, yet people were still eating, drinking, marrying, planting, building, buying, and selling. Luke 31 and 32. And that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. He that is in the field, let him be likewise, not return back. Verse 32, remember Lot's wife, okay? You know, this, that's a, a funny phrase. Uh, I can remember hearing a Sunday school teacher in a Church of God church tell me that if you do get raptured, he was saying, uh, he was telling us, it was a real, it was a message of condemnation. He, he actually didn't know what he was talking about. Um, he said, if you have sin in, unconfessed sin in your life when the rapture comes, um, that you won't go in the rapture, right? But that's ridiculous, okay, because <laughs> you, we, we would all walk around all day saying, sorry for that thought, fears of, fear, fears of sin, worries of sin, doubts of sin, you'd be confessing your sins all day, okay? And I'm not saying not to acknowledge your sins to God, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But he also said if you turn around in the rapture, because of this scripture, if you turn around when you're being taken up in the air, it's saying, remember Lot's wife, you'll turn to a pillar of salt and drop to earth. That's what he said. It's amazing, some of the teaching, right? That's not why we, we, we remember Lot's wife. Luke 22, 33 to 34. Whosoever shall... Seek to save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there shall be no two men in one bed. One shall be taken, the other shall be left. How can this not be the rapture? Verse 35, two women shall be grinding together. One shall be taken, the other left. He's talking about when he comes. Isn't it interesting that if two women were grinding together, one's taken, one's left, you're going to have interesting stuff when the rapture happens. Think about two people in the same car. Or think about two pilots flying the same airline, Christian pilots. 
Did you know there was an airline in the 80s that would fly Christians and non-Christian, one Christian, one non-Christian? You guys ever hear that? Uh, um, in case the, the rapture did happen, there would still be someone that could fly the plane. And so, I don't know if they still do that, but Luke 22, 36, two men shall be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. This is the rapture, right? He's talking about the revealing of the rapture. He's saying, as was in the days of Lot and Noah, they were buying, they were selling, eating, drinking, marrying each other, building and planting. That's when it's going to come. That stuff will be going on. That's what he just said. And not, not to say that there's not going to be birth pains in the earth. There's not going to be tragedy. There's not going to be a ramp up of uh, cat- catastrophes and wars and violence and all of it, uh, you know, crazy morale stuff, you know. Um, but notice in verse 26, we read it said it would be as in the, la- as in the days of Noah, and then he added in the days of Lot. Well, he's talking about when the, when the rapture's coming. Think about this. It's going to be as it was in the days of Noah and the Lot. Well, th- they were in serious rebellion, Sodom and Gomorrah, and in the days of Noah, Terrible stuff going on in the earth. It's going to shock us when, you can, when we get up to heaven and you can get a snapshot of the days of Noah and what, what it actually looked like. I think we're going to be shocked when we see it, but I, I'd just like to point out that Noah, um, there will be, and Lot, outside of their prospective families, didn't take anyone with them. There will be, I believe, an outpouring of the latter rain, an outpouring of the power of God like they saw in the book of Acts, and even probably more so, it will bring an amazing harvest of people coming to God. Noah spent 100 years building the ark, 80 to 90 of those years, his son helped him build it. And what did the ark do when the judgment came? The ark carried the righteous remnant as we are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, the ark carried, carried the righteous remnant of Noah above the judgment. Notice Lot and his family got out of Sodom before Sodom and Gomorrah were judged. Lot was allowed to get out. Isn't it, you think it's coincidental Jesus comparing, he's comparing this to the rapture? Lot got out, so that judgment could not be exacted on Sodom and Gomorrah until Lot left. Lot even argued with the angels. Well, I don't want to go to the mountains. I want to go to this little town over here. I mean, if you really read the story, and they actually argued with them, but they could not do anything until Lot left, and, and the, the judgment couldn't fall. And if Jesus is pointing out to us the rapture, he's pointing out to us these situations of Noah and Lot and the judgment was held off of Sodom until Lot left, just as you and I are going to escape the tribulation. That's just, just another scripture that proves it. Um, do you find it interesting, Jesus using Noah and Lot as examples? Uh, it, it will be this way before he comes. And those men were taken out of, of the situation or in Moses' case, he was floating on top of the judgment 
right? In both cases, they escaped that judgment, which is what the tribulation is. It's judgment. And so, are we going to be a living in just a total and complete living hell when the rapture comes? Um, Jesus, he told us what it would be. He just told us, I don't think it's going to be wonderful. I think evil rises. Yes, it rises. But, but he didn't say it would really be anything close to that. Really, we should be dominating. As Christians, we should be dominating. And he's describing buying, selling, planting, building, eating, drinking, and marrying. There's going to be some shaking in the earth. There's going to be all kinds of signs that we see. Um, upscaled violence. Um, you know, Russia, Ukraine is just the beginning. I mean, um, they're not even reporting a weekly bombing of the city of Damascus, which happens every day. You know, we're seeing is the birth pains ahead of the tribulation, a setup for the tribulation, the cashless system, um, which really started with the COVID pandemic. Um, you know, for a cashless economy for the Antichrist, the, the Federal Reserve's already talking about this. Um, you know, we're, we're just seeing this, but when the total and complete economic meltdown happens, when that happens, it's going to be the tribulation after we're gone in the rapture. And we're going we're gonna to go to Revelation 6 and talk about the sealed judgments that begin immediately after the rapture. Everyone thinks the first three and a half years, oh, it's peace. It's, it's not peace. That's how the Antichrist gets in. There's desperation. Desperation. And, and finally, all this push for a one world government, if you're paying any attention, they all want it. Um, it's it's going to be able to come in like that. And, and because the economy will collapse at that point. And, but this is what they're going to see when they're, when, when, they're, when they're gone. We know we're not going to see this because we're going to be taken out of here. Just like Lot, who basically technically was under the Abrahamic covenant, being part of Abraham's family. The judgment did not begin until Lot left. So there's three sets of judgments in Revelation. You've got the sealed judgments there first, seven of them. The trumpet judgments are second. And then you have the bowl judgments, which come last. They're third. Revelation 6, 1 and 2. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, I heard, and as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. Verse 2, and I saw and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering to conquer. And it sounds like a savior. And that's what it's going to look like at first. But this is the Antichrist coming in on a white horse. But he is not, he's not a savior. Um, he looks like a savior in the beginning. It, Antichrist just means a replacement for Christ. That seal one. The rapture, uh, after the rapture, the Antichrist, that first seal will be opened. He will be revealed rather quickly. Um, the first three and a half of the tribulation is the Antichrist rising in power. His power just gets stronger and stronger. In the middle of the tribulation, 
um, which I believe is right around Revelation 13. He takes complete control of the economies of the world. And so in Revelation 13, 16, and 17, that's where he causes everyone to get the mark. Says no one can buy or sell except they have the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name on them. This happens halfway through the tribulation with the mark. So Revelation 6, 3, and 4. And we had opened the second seal. I heard the second beast say, come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. And power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. That they should kill one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. So we have the second seal, which is a spirit, or I should say, the spirit or spirits behind violence and murder. Violence and murder, it's, it's just going to ramp up. If we think it's bad now, I, I, I saw one day just across the U.S. last week, it was the day after the Texas shooting, God bless those families, but there was another, uh, what, two people shot in Philadelphia, 11 wounded by multiple gunmen, just, just, just all over the place. At the same day, three murders in Minneapolis. And so, but this, this, this is nothing compared to when this spirit gets released, okay? It's going to seem out of control, and I believe it's immediately. There's going to be panic, you know? Think about a billion people disappearing uh, in the rapture. Confusion, possible they're, 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 they're saying UFOs and, you know, economies uh, beginning to crash. Um, there will be no church. The body of Christ is holding back that kind of evil. This, this, this evil that we're talking about is, is going to be another level than, than we experience while we're here. And in, in Revelation 6, 5 and 6... When we open the third seal, I heard the third beast say, come and see, and behold, a low, a black horse, that, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand, and I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. We've talked about this some on the podcast and one podcast exclusively about the famine and the tribulation, we will see birth pains of that. Um, a, a denarius is a day's wage. So we're talking about food shortages to the point where it takes a full day's wage to buy a quart of wheat. A day's wage for three quarts of barley. You get more barley for a day's wage because it's not, not as high a quality of food as wheat is for a number of reasons. But really what you're saying is it's a day's wage. For a day's wage, you buy enough food to keep for, for you to eat for a day. It takes a day's wage. That's what's going to be going on. So in the tribulation, with this seal... Only the rich are going to survive, you know? Only the people that have money in these situations um, are, are going are to do well because you're going to be spending a whole day's wage every time you eat. And so now when it's, it's talking about the oil and the wine, 
There's a lot of different opinions on this. I believe what it's saying is it's talking about olive oil. Um, it's not, not, not petroleum, but it's olive oil. Um, and, and of course, wine, is, that's going to be there in abundance. Because we don't need that. If, if, if we can't even buy wheat, a quart, what, what's a quart? Like that? A quart of wheat. We're not going to be worried about the olive oil. And so you think about all the people gone in the rapture, all the people dying on a daily basis, there's going to be an abundance of luxury products, like the Bible's saying, calling oil and wine. That's, that's what I believe. There's other opinions on this verse. So, so we have the black horse is famine in the third seal. If you look at the fourth seal with the pale horse, Revelation 6, 7, and 8, and when he, had, this is when it starts to get real interesting here. And when he had heard the fourth seal, I heard a voice of the fourth beast say, come and see. And I looked and behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed with him. And power was given with him, with, unto them over the fourth part of the earth. To kill with the sword and with hunger and with death. And with the beasts of the earth. Woo. So this seal is a higher level spirit than the spirit we, ju we just saw earlier released. This, this is death in mass. This is mass death. This is definitely when the Bible categorized ranks of devils. This is a spiritual wickedness in high places. That is released. It's one of the devil's top guys. Now remember, he's given free reign no church, no Holy Spirit, or Holy Spirit to hold them back. What the scripture says, if there's 8 billion people on earth, this spirit has the power to kill 2 billion people from violence, hunger, death, and animal attacks. So the animals go berserk? I, I, I just, I don't feel like it was... Uh, Coincidence, uh, what was I watching? Uh, was I watching uh, Monster Quest? You know that show. It seems like they're looking for Bigfoot all the time. Remember that show? Monster Quest? Well, they were, I, I, right when I'm about to preach this, they're talking about feral dogs in St. Louis running around the, the ghettos of St. Louis uh, uh, attacking children. And so they're looking into what makes these feral dogs, these packs of dogs that are born in the inner city. And so you're going to see this. You're going to see pets turning. Um, you're already seeing birth pains. I remember driving to Tennessee a number of weeks ago, and um, I saw, I bet my daughter and I counted 100 dead animals along the side of the road. Just out of nowhere. It seemed as if every 100 yards you had a bird you had a coon, you had a possum, you had a deer, and it was, it was, almost, it was almost eerie, but, but the animals are going to go crazy, okay? The animals are going to go crazy. It's going to get real interesting, and really, if you take it by force, it says the animals are going to kill a half a billion people, a half a billion people, all right? Violence, half a billion, hunger, half a billion, death, half a billion, animals, half a billion, but this spirit has power to kill 
uh, 2 billion people. Now remember, the economy, while these seals are being released in the early tribulation, I believe it's hard to say when, how quick, like one after the other. No one, no one knows. But we know the Antichrist comes right away. And so after the rapture, the worldwide economies are going to fail. They're going to be failing. This is why you're going to see a, one, a world government and them looking to one leader and that's obviously got serious answers to Antichrist. And what we're seeing today is things just being set in place for those seven years. Revelation 6, 9 through 11. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God. And, and so I, I believe the fifth seal is right around the mark. So I'm just... This is my opinion. You got, I believe those first four seals are going to be released in the first three and a half years. Because watch how this, um, the fifth, the, you're going to have people slain for the word of God, all right? Um, and for the testimony which they held. So people are going to be holding a testimony during this time, all right? And they cry with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them and dwell on the earth? 11, verse 11, and white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants, also fellow Christians, more of them had to be killed. So the fifth seal is, is, is mass martyr, martyrdom of people that are left behind, and I believe are hearing tribulation evangelists and let's just claim right now in the name of Jim Hammond, in the name of Jesus, Jim Hammond is not one. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I don't, I, I, I would just get it over with. You know, I would, I was, if I was left behind, I would just start preaching. I'd say, if, if, if we're left, just, you know, you can, I, I used to say, if you're left behind, you can just come here to Living Word and my brother will be pastor in the church, okay? And so, <laughs> all right, so. That's, that's a joke, okay? And so, but the, the fifth seal is mass martyrdom of people that are left behind, or people just heard family members that tried to get them saved, and those family members schooled them about not getting the mark, because in essence, the mark of the beast is the unforgivable, unpardonable sin. If you get the mark, you cannot get into heaven, all right? That is the devil's brand. It's a stamp on you. All these people are going to be martyred in mass because they understand this. And the Bible says it will be by beheading. There will be tribulation evangelists. There, uh, there will be people that, that, are, that do not go in the rapture for that purpose. Are you aware of that? Have you guys heard dad preach about that? Has he preached about that recently? Did he say that? When he preached on the rapture recently? Didn't he preach on the rapture recently? Thanks. Okay. You can't, okay, listen. Um, you won't be able to run and hide because of the incredible technology. Many people will be saved in the tribulation. And the fifth seal is those people that refuse to get the mark of the beast. They will be martyred. That's why I think this comes at about three and a half years when he does introduce the mark. Okay or unless they start to kill Christians in mass, people that are, are, are voicing, 
you know, voicing of, of the fact that we're in the tribulation, maybe they start to kill him in mass before the mark. We, we don't know. We're just speculating. But Jesus is really clear with what we're going to be doing when he comes in the time. When he comes in the rapture, we're going to be building, planning, eating, drinking, marrying, buying, and selling. So we know we're not in the tribulation. How, how can you read all this, right? And so it, it's very clear that the economies are going to crash. There's going to be total chaos when these seals are released one by one after the rapture. We will experience an up and down kind of thing. It will get more evil. Um, you know, we're going to have some hurdles. Uh, we're going to have to face, I believe there will be, uh, remember how long they kept the power off in Texas in that snowstorm last winter, winter before last? Remember that? Yeah. Where it just, it, it was off for like six weeks. Well, I believe we're going to have rolling blackouts. I, I believe there will be sh food shortages. Um, there will be upscale violence, inflation, but it, it will be nothing like this. Okay, Revelation 6, 12 through 17. I beheld when he opened the sixth seal. And lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. The stars of heaven started to fall onto the earth, even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs when, he is shaken, when she is shaken by a mighty wind. And heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. Every mountain and island were moved out of their places. This earthquake literally shakes the planet. Right, and, and the kings of the earth and great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman, every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Verse 16, and said unto the mountains and rocks, um, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath is come. Who shall be able to stand? So just even that is saying people will be crying out they will realize what is going on, right? So you have this huge earthquake. The sun turns black. The moon turns red. The Bible says the stars of heaven fall like figs, uh, fall off a tree. When an asteroid hits the earth, it's not necessarily just one big rock. It comes in pieces, and they land in waves and over large swaths of land. There is a big chunk that hits but pieces of it start to fall off in the atmosphere. It says that every mountain and island are moved out of their places. It says that earthquake causes every king on earth, every man on earth to hide themselves because of all these, what the Bible calls stars. I believe it's pieces of an asteroid, and I'm going to tell you why. Then in the seventh seal is uh, Revelation 8.1, where at the breaking open of that seal, there is complete silence in the planet heaven for 30 minutes goes silent. Revelation 8, 1 through 6. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of an hour. It was a space about a half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. So we're moving into the trumpet judgments. We'll only have time to do four. And so... And another angel came and stood at the altar having golden, golden censer. There was given unto him much incense that he should offer it 
with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne, and the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer, filled it with fire of the altar, cast it into the earth, and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. So in essence, at the end of the seal judgments, which I believe is going to go about three and a half years, and I'm going to tell you why. We're going straight into the trumpet judgments. It's almost like the seventh seal seems to open the door for the trumpet judgments. And so now we know with the opening of the tribulation, you have the first seal is open to the Antichrist. I don't know if these judgments, like I said, are spread out over every six months. You get a new seal. No one really knows the timeline of how much time separates the seal judgments so you've got the seventh seal, uh, you've got seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, and seven bowl judgments, all right? And going along with the numerous other judgments, but in my opinion, these are the main ones. You have 21 main judgments in Revelation. And I'm of the opinion, people refute this, that j these judgments, uh, they, they do, they start to happen immediately, all right, because of the coming of the Antichrist. And so... So let's, let's look at the first four trumpet judgments because they're connected to the sixth seal. Remember that? Remember the, the stars falling? Okay. You ever heard of Wormwood? Have you heard NASA talk about Wormwood? Raise your hand if you have. Okay, they already see this thing coming, which is mind-blowing. They already see it. All right, and so... Um, like I said, we're going to finish the first four. If you want to see the last three, you can tune into the Final Hour podcast, and we do the last three on, I believe it is, uh, June 20th. So as we just read in Revelation 8, 6, you have seven angels prepared to sound the trumpets for the seven trumpet judgments. Revelation 8, 7, the first angel sounded. There followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees were burnt up. All the green grass, all the grass on their earth was burnt up. I've heard numerous scholars where they say one-third of the trees are burned up, all the grass burned up, but from the sixth seal was opened when that asteroid starts raining down. And really, the next four seals are, are, are what comes of that, okay? Revelation 8, 8 and 9. The second angel sounded as it were a great mountain, burning with fire, was cast into the sea. The third part of the sea became blood. Sounds like the plague, plagues of Egypt. Third part of the creatures were in the sea and had life died third part of the ships that were in the sea were destroyed. This is, this is a part of, or you could say, residual judgment from the, the, seal, the, the sixth seal, from the asteroid start striking the earth. This is what I personally believe, that this is wormwood, what NASA is predicting to hit the earth in a, uh, Friday the 13th, April, Friday the 13th in April 2029. And what we read, so you have what I believe is wormwood, and I'm going to tell you why. And wormwood is striking the ocean. It completely causes chaos in the Earth's oceans, killing half the creatures um, in the sea, and one-third of the ships get sunk. Versus uh, Revelation 8, 10, and 11, the third angel sounded, 
and there fell a great star from heaven. I think, I believe this is the main part of that asteroid. The, the, they say that this Wormwood asteroid is, is the size of the Empire State, State Building, okay? And it is there, and it is coming, okay? But burning at, as it were a lamp, it fell upon the third part of the rivers and a part of the fountains of waters, and the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood. Many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And so I'm going to say it in another way. The sixth seal and these first four trumpet judgments are connected, all right? And basically, it gives, gives us what this is. It's a star, a huge asteroid, and, and NASA even has a name for it. So we've got one-third of the waters are poisoned from this asteroid. Many, many people die because it poisons the water. Remember, in, t- in verse 10, the asteroid's burning and falling, burning while it's falling, or pieces of this asteroid are, are, are burning as it comes into the atmosphere. Revelation 6, 12, and beheld, when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, Revelation 6, 16, and they and said to the, the guys, were, the, the mountain and the rocks fall on us and hide us, all right? So you can see this asteroid hitting a huge part of the geography of the earth, and we're seeing in the seal judgments and the trumpet judgments and the tribulation, everything is partial. One-third of it, half of it, but when you get to the bold judgments, it's total in Revelation 16. It's, it's total. All the waters on the earth are poisoned in the bowl judgments. And so, Revelations 8, 12, and 13, the fourth angel sounded, the, the third part of the sun was smitten, third part of the moon, third part of the stars, and so as the third part of them was darkened, the day shone not for a third of it, and night likewise, and I beheld an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are not yet to sound. And wait till we get to the three angels. But that, you can only get that on the podcast, okay? And so now I think you see a darkening from when this hits, thing hits the earth, the amount of dust it puts into the atmosphere, and as the asteroid gets closer to the earth, it heats up to the point where it fries all the grass, burns down one-third of the trees, one-third of the waters are poisoned, wormwood is a combination of the sixth seal being opened, and from that sixth seal, you've got those first four trumpet judgments, which are in essence what the star wormwood does to the earth and the destructiveness that it lays waste onto the earth, okay? NASA uh, affirmed a little over a few, couple years ago that an asteroid is going to hit the earth in April, April Friday, April 13th, 2029. And they walked that statement back feeling like it would cause, about a year ago, feeling like it would cause major panic. But other scientists have proven otherwise. Other scientists. So this star, Wormwood, is going to hit Friday the 13th, April 2029, which three and a half years into the tribulation, coming after the mark, which is three and a half years, right? So this would come right around that time. 
2025, 2026. Don't write in and say, I'm predicting the rapture. <laughs> I'm not predicting the day or the time, okay? I'm not calling the date. It says no one can know the day or time. It doesn't say you can't know the season. So I'm just going to tell you the way this goes. NASA originally said this asteroid, they're calling it Opophis, Apophis, which is their lingo. Um, this, this asteroid called Apophis would hit the Earth Friday the 13th, April 2029, about a year ago. They backed up on that. Oh, and said, oh, no worries. It's going to just be a narrow miss. And that put the scientific community in an uproar. Um, these, these scientists are all saying NASA's lying. Numerous, numerous scientists are saying um, they're pulling the wool over the public's eyes. What they originally said was the truth, which I believe is the wormwood of Revelation 8. You've got uh, top mathematicians sending letters to the White House on saying this is going to happen and that NASA is off in their cal calculations. These, these mathematicians um, are asking the U.S. government scientists to cross-check NASA's calculations. Uh, the specific ma mathematician whose last name is Lear, that's the guy who wrote the White House saying NASA is either playing a game with the trajectory stats of this asteroid or they're just flat out misleading the public. Another guy named um, Nathan Mervald, who was for many years was the head of the Microsoft Science Department. This guy consistently listed every year as one of the top 100 scientists in the world. He wrote something called a peer review paper called an imperial evaluation of this coming asteroid, i.e. Wormwood. And he's not only refutes NASA's calculations, he's saying that they're intentionally misleading the public. He's saying this is not an accident on their part. They are covering this up. And so you have another guy on YouTube. You can look him up. Famous, uh, famous planetary scientist named Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, he says that it is hitting on April 13, 2029. NASA is wrong. And so, and it quotes him. I had the quote, but I'm running out of time. And you know, we, I, I don't know if you're aware, NASA has launched a space program and they're currently, uh, hey, they've got a spaceship up in space trying to figure out how to circumvent these things, all right? How to, maybe they can, they can put this thing off course, all right, this event. But isn't it, isn't it wild that, that you guys, that we're already getting reports of the sixth seal of Revelation and the first four trumpets of what the Bible calls wormwood, where they, it's coming. We can already see it coming. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. But we don't have to panic as we close. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. We're not going to be here. And so, as you prepare your offering, nope, sorry, page one. Just kidding. That was a joke. If we could bring the communion forward here. Bring the communion forward, and we will get back into Daniel next week, the last 25 verses of the book, but uh, um, like I said, we'll test that out for you on Saturday night, and if it's like th this last Saturday night, 
uh, we'll, we'll do, go down to the office after, and we'll have another sermon right for you, okay? All right, so that just means I care. You know that, right? I care? All right, so let's, just, let's start passing that out, you guys, and if we could just put the sculpture of Jesus up. Hallelujah, Lord. And so, uh, thank you, Lord. And so I just... This is, this, is, this is what you should be focused on. With all these, this teaching, all this end-time teaching. You know, I know a lot of people, scholars, all they think about is the end times. This should be your focus. To receive everything that comes from this. The life that comes from this. The forgiveness that comes from this. The authority that comes from this. The health and healing that comes from this. And so, you know, my mom told me many years ago, I've never forgotten this. She's like, Jim, you need to tell, tell the Lord, you know, you tell Jesus, Jesus loves it up there in heaven when you thank him for everything he went through. And you walk through all those things he went through. Do you forget to thank him for that? Thank him every day. Thank him every day. And this is what communing with him is about. And as we do, remember, uh, he was marred more than any man. I, 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 I think about this. 80 Roman soldiers hit him. Hit him in the face. After the stripes. This, you wonder why he couldn't carry the cross. You know, it says, he says, uh, don't do it yet. He says, it's off. He says, take, eat. This is my body. It's broken for you. So often as you do this, do this. And he said, remember me. My body was broken for you. Remember me. And so I always, I, re, I think about him trying to drag that cross with that just back that's just cut to ribbons. And he couldn't eat. So he falls down, just crowds of people. And they, well, they got that criminal to carry it for him, did they not? And so he, he, he goes up there, he goes up there, and he um, just lays down on the cross, probably completely exhausted. And he just, he was just probably happy just to get there, honestly, after all that he'd been through. And then he has to endure the nails I just, I try to f f think about that, you know? Just, just pounding through. I've heard scholars say they had to flip that cross over and, and pound the nails in the back, like bend them down, right? And they, I'm sure they weren't gentle about it. They stand the cross up. They, there's other speculations that was already, you know, there was already a post, but I don't, I don't believe that because his bones were out of joint. So when they dropped it, the psalm says his bones were out of joint. They dropped that cross in the hole and he spread out, you know, and it just, it, it, not, it had to have taken his shoulders out of joint. And it says that in Psalms. My bones are out of joint. He sa it says in Psalms, I could look down and see my bones. All right, from the flogging, from, from the stripes. And so this is what I believe that, that you should do every day is put this first in your life. 
And so let's just, let's just remember the fact that, 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 that he, bore, he, he bore all cancer. He bore, he bore, he bore shingles. He bore uh, spi- spinal cords that need to be straightened. Uh, hips that are going out. Hip bones, hip joints, hip flexors. Every piece and part of your hips. Every problem you could ever have in your hips. He bore hardened arteries, blocked arteries, blocked, blocked valves, plaque in your heart. He bore every kind of cancer. Liver cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer, skin cancer. He bore it. He bore, bore, bore every virus. He bore arthritis. Thank you, Father. He bore. You know, I've just heard so many stories of uh, read books about uh, people, people's hair growing back. It's such a hard thing for a woman to lose her hair. That's the Bible says that's her glory. He bore that. He bore that. Receive it. Receive it. It says, it says, it says by his stripes means every atom, every molecule, proton, electron, neutron, cell, tissue, and fiber is healed and whole, completely and extremely healed and whole. He took the bread and he broke it. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which was broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. I thank you, Lord. Our youth is renewed as eagles right now. The chastisement of our peace is upon you right now. I thank you for the complete and total forgiveness of sins. We're forgiven so much that we're given something called absolute remission. That's the complete and total eradication of sin. That's what that word means. It also means, if you look at it in the Amplified, it means forgiveness and cancellation of every single penalty for every single sin you could ever commit. That's remission. That's what, that's what this cup represents. It's, you're drinking this. That's what that means. So he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant. Cut my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. We receive the gift of righteousness. Righteousness were established. The righteousness of God. Not our own righteousness. In triumph we've been restored. In the name of Jesus Christ. Receive it Lord. I receive shalom peace. We put it on them. Drop it on them like a coat. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you Lord.